podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Central. You know, the weekly show where we like to talk news. And this week, it is my turn to host because I have never hosted a Central, especially since returning to the podcast. So I have put myself in charge because why not? (laughs) This week, I am joined with the boys. Starting off first, I have the king of the sweepstakes, and it is Ross McLeod. Fucking hell, put some effort in here. Hello, we're here. It's central. We're on the road to WrestleMania. I've just noticed my back door's open. Um, my back door's <laughs> open. I'm <laughs> You can be in central and I'll Margaret. On you come. <laughs> oh, great. We have Ross. And next, I will put more effort into it. It is the Saturday Draft Live number two. Scott McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is in two-time winner of the draft. I'll oh, have you know. And you're going to call us the boys. Come on, put some effort. Do a bad Billy Butcher. Fucking Roy Rumble the other night. Die a fucking ballicle. So it was. You guys put too much faith in me to be able to do impressions. <laughs> and finally, we have number three in the Saturday mm-hmm. Draft Live Boys because Jack Graham is my favourite. It is David Hockney. Wow. I mean, I think just goes to show how high in the pecking order we are. But, uh, Sarah, you got Scott's number wrong. His number's 44. I mean, Dave, to be fair, Jack's my favourite as well. So, that's it. For God's sake. So, am I the only one that actually just likes me? I'm, I'm like a I mean, I like I you, I but I just like Jack better. Because Jack's my best friend. Mm. Yeah. He's not my best friend, but he's my best friend. Or the air-based roaster. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this week it has been a big week in terms of wrestling. Obviously, we have had one of the big four pay-per-views, as we like to call it, in the Royal Rumble. So we are officially we are officially on the road to WrestleMania, boys. How are you feeling? Point to the WrestleMania sign, quick. Point to a sign. Side point. Point to a sign that's you know recycled from last year. I'm quite glad that they were able to do that. Actually, it's a, it's a little bit different. I think they've added an extra sword this year, and they've added the skull and crossbones to it. Only you day, would know that. Yeah, Only you would know that. Well, I mean, it's the same banner, but it, it was just one sword with a flag on it. Yeah, no, because I think like what I noticed is that they've stopped putting numbers on the actual like WrestleMania signs, so mm-hmm. you can recycle the signs. It's it's efficient. Mm-hmm. They're trying to save money. It's good for the environment as well. Mm-hmm. I think we reason- love saving the environment. I think the reason they dropped the numbers is because it's just a sad reminder of, is that Vince is getting old and he just hates to see the number continue to go up. <laughs> WrestleMania's getting old. <laughs> well, who thinks it's getting old and yet WrestleMania's technically younger than the person who won it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The men's one, that is. <laughs> it's like, I'm old, I won WrestleMania. So yeah, yeah, but WrestleMania's still younger than you. <laughs> Until you know it gets to, like, what, what we're on, WrestleMania 37 Seven. this year? Seven, yeah. Yep, so, I mean, with what we're going to talk about later, you never know. A WrestleMania winner might be still a lot older. I don't think we're ever going to have... I don't think it's ever going to happen, boys. Mm-mm. 
No, maybe not. This will be like 20 years and they'll be like, this age well. But yeah, <laughs> we'll carry on. It was Royal Rumble weekend. And you guys all know it's my favorite pay-per-view because you get some hilarious things happen. So we're, we're going to talk about, we'll talk about the Women's Royal Rumble first. Scott, I need to ask you a wee question. Did you expect a 24-7 shenanigan to happen in the middle of the Women's Rumble? I was actually quite hopeful for some 24-7 shenanigans in either Rumble. I was kind of hopeful that Truth would, uh, there'd be more title changes. I was actually hoping that Truth would pin either Nia or Shayna. So that when he got the three, he would think he was one half of the women's tag team champions. <laughs> and have a record explain that's not how it works. I was not happy with the fact that it was bloody Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox! She came at number 21, which feels like how long she was employed for, because she was there for so long and accomplished <laughs> so little. Yeah. And Dave, obviously, we, we didn't even know who was going to be starting off the Royal Rumble this year. Obviously, it, it kind of... I don't know who from the pod apart from me picked Bailey at coming in at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had the surprise return of Naomi. Like, how excited were you to see Naomi back? It was a genuine shock, you know, much like last year, you know, she'd been away for some time. And last year she came back, you know, I think there was a bit of a pop for, for her coming back. Mm-hmm. But before the, before the show started, like, we all put our predictions in. I think it was either going to be Bailey or Bianca starting or Charlotte yeah. and Lacey Evans. Like, I mean, when I saw Bailey come out, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're going with Bailey Bianca. And then Naomi pops up. I'm like, wow, okay. Like, <laughs> but you know, you're never disappointed to see Naomi show up. Although, I think in the grand scheme of things, uh, not, not to take anything away from Naomi, because she was actually one of the, the longest lasting people in it. I think uh, I think she was just overshadowed by knowing that it's either going to be Bailey, Bianca, or possibly even Alexa Bliss, a push that was probably going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Scott, see when we were looking at the actual entrance as well, did you expect to see, um, first of all, the return of Gillian? <laughs> I, I forgot about Jillian for a while I do like the, the reference to her relationship with JBL on commentary and the fact she used to mm-hmm. have like, that growth and that angle with the big yeah. man the person I most wanted to see I thought it was a peak dream and I was actually I watched most of the rumble on mute so I had to really watch about it to catch some clothes because I was watching it with some friends over Skype and I could actually hear it through somebody's Skype so I didn't I muted my television <laughs> and we all joked before like okay throw it an outlandish person you think could show up in either rumble for the women's I said I plug it Victoria I heard rumors she was making last year, and when she came out, I was like, "Yes, mm-hmm. yes." <laughs> Slightly saddened we didn't get her coming out to tattoo, you know. But yeah, always, always would be our best song. But I was, I was happy to see her. You know, she fought back against gimmick infringement when it came to Pete and Royce trying to steal her move. <laughs> uh, I know there's been so many like different things of gimmick infringement when it came to Victoria, but yeah, I, th- I think when it came to her not entering to tattoo, we just knew that. You know, WWE actually paying for music rights, apart from if you're CM Punk or Ronda Rousey, it's completely over. Tony Khan paid for Tarzan Boy. If like, this is AEW, we'd have Buddy Tattoo blared at the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But see, when it came to uh, NXT appearances, we mm. actually had quite a variety of appearances. Like, yeah, we've had, uh, we had Shotzi coming in with her little tank. Yeah, I mean, who, do, who doesn't love Shotzi's little tank? Shotzi's tank is great. <laughs> uh, Ross, I need to ask you, um, who was your Women's Rumble 
like MVP just for you personally? Um, Rhea Ripley, I think. I think she went obviously in the May Young Classic 2018. She was obviously healing it up, making fun of Tegan Knox's injury. First UK champion. As soon as she loses that, she enters the Women's Rumble last year. Uh, sorry, 2019. Has a wee bit of a, a lull period, and then from the summer of 2019 to the last NXT of 2019, feud with Shayna Baszler, the title run, the feud with Charlotte, and then and obviously War Games uh, last year as well. So it felt as if since 2018, Rhea Ripley's been a focal point in whatever she's done. And mm-hmm. since the Raquel Gonzalez uh, last Women Standard match, we've not seen her yet, well, it's only a few weeks, but you notice someone gone. Yeah. When they are that prominent for that long a period. So to see her back, I thought was quite good. Very shocked, obviously, we'll talk about it when we talk the final two, that she didn't win. I honestly thought she was a shoe in for a final, uh, for like to win it, but obviously that didn't happen. But seven eliminations, most eliminations of the night, she's my MVP, surely, and I think that's her along with Damien Priest, as we'll talk about when we get to the Men's Rumble. Mm-hmm. No longer part of NXT. I think they're up on the, the Raw and SmackDown rosters now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Scott, Dave, do you agree that um, Rhea Ripley probably could have been a good contender to actually win the Women's Royal Rumble this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had her pinned down to be the winner. Like, if it wasn't going to be Bailey or Bianca, because I was under the assumption, you know, they would have probably ended up costing each other in some weird convoluted mm-hmm. way, and that Rhea would be the one to maybe win last eliminating Charlotte, for example. And, I mean, the prediction wasn't far off, but obviously, they, you can't deny Rhea Ripley had an, an outstanding performance. You know, she was one of the longest lasting, lasted about just shy of 40 minutes, and as Ross said, she had the most eliminations. So, yeah. Definitely one of the, the better performers in this rumble. And she came in at number 14. So it, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, it's like, a, you know, starting from one and going to the end or entering at number 30. Like, she started off at sort of a, like a random, random number. And it's, I think her time, I think she's outgrown NXT now. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw her on, I, w- I, w- I want to say SmackDown now, because mm-hmm. I think with Damian Priest possibly showing up on Raw, if we're to split the two NXT uh, graduates, as it were, that would be where I think Rhea Ripley would go. And Scott? Yeah, I mean, 14 is not actually a bad number to come into because Shinsuke Nakamura won from that number in 2018, mm-hmm. so the, the previous that number. What, uh, one thing I would have liked more from Rhea Ripley, because I get why she didn't win, even though I thought she would as well, I would have liked for more of a confrontation between her and, and Charlotte, because it did come to blows, but it was more a case of yeah. Charlotte coming in, Charlotte kind of easily handling her, because that's what you do whenever someone new comes and they come in, they do bunch of spots because they're the fresher person but mm-hmm. I think and, I, and talking about Charlotte I was actually surprised Charlotte wasn't in the final two I get why they did the final two the way they did and I really enjoyed it but I would have thought they would have used Charlotte in almost the Roman Reigns position yeah because Roman Reigns keeps getting left to the final two just so the fans will be extra happy when that person eliminates them I thought they were good to that with Charlotte <laughs> they kind of did that with Charlotte back in 2019 with Becky I thought mm-hmm. they were going to do that here again because obviously Bianca and uh, Rhea were there she had history of them. Obviously, someone put that put picture up there, the tease of the triple threat in NXT <laughs> last year and then this year. So it was a great way how that came around. Yeah, no, I thought that was really funny. It's like, you don't even go here. And then Bianca's like, I go here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was, it, you, you like to see nice little turnarounds like that. Uh, I do want to talk about, see, 
Ross, you did you did make an article about this because we knew that it was announced on backstage that either Tamina or Natalia were going to be drawn at number thirty, depending on if they won a match. Out of those, like, do you guys agree that that's the way that they should have went it went about it, or should they have actually properly just left it as a surprise? I think for the men's rumble. Um... Originally, it was going to be the men's number 30. And I think with the men's division, there is only a set amount of people that will ever become world champions and win Royal Rumbles. Uh, the women's division does seem a bit, at times, you know, not 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 as bad as AEW's, you know, but it comes on leaps and bounds and then sometimes it takes a step back uh, with certain storylines. So I feel that a women's Royal Rumble, they're, you know, apart from the obvious ones, like Tamina, who's never going to win it, that usually like nine or ten women, you're like they could win this. You know what I mean? Unless it's mm-hmm. unless we're in a Becky Lynch situation where it's like she must win it. It's you know we're we're at that stage where it's like well actually nine or ten women could win it. And obviously you mentioned NXT women earlier. Um, I think that's trying to keep the thing going about how NXT could be an option now. Mm-hmm. So I think. Um, not so much with the men's because there's far too many men on Raw and SmackDown, but with the women's NXT will certainly continue to be a, a feature. But um, I wasn't happy with either one of the people who were going to be the choice. Certainly would have been very disappointed if number 30 was one of those two and I didn't know ahead of time. <laughs> but I think it is maybe tailored operating. But, but I have said for a while, like people should declare they're in the Royal Rumble. They should have to qualify for the Royal Rumble. So... Mm-hmm. What, somebody earning the spot, I'm not against. It's just the fact that both women are pretty boring. I mean, yeah, it's not like a John Cena return at Madison Square Gardens, like that yeah, kind of exactly. thing. But, uh, Dave, I know you had a, uh, something to say about this. Um, yeah, like, I, I always like the number 30 to be a big surprise, you know, as we've seen in the past. But I think we've sort of grown accustomed to associating the number 30 spot with a big surprise. And I think this was WWE's way of telling us, like, Listen, guys, we don't have a big surprise plan this year. It's either going to be Natty or Big Tam. Like, you know, take your pick with, you know, who, you, who you'd rather see. And obviously Natty comes out on top. You know, she's a seasoned uh, women's Rumble competitor. I think she's spent, she's holds the record for most cumulative time spent in a women's Royal Rumble. So she's a, a safe pair of hands uh, for the number 30 spot. And... Yeah, I, I, pref- I would have preferred it more if they just announced it and said, look, it's, there's nothing exciting this year rather than just waiting for number 30 to be a possible surprise and then you get either one of those two coming out and you're just like, oh. No, it, it's it's moving to avoid the sense of disappointment on the night. A couple more questions before we actually move on to what was the final of the Women's Royal Rumbles. So in the past, they have actually done like little backstage segments of the, the talent drawing their numbers. Do you think that probably might have added... Because it's not something that they've done in recent years. So just having like the wee backstage segments with like either the Tombola or like um, I think it was Kane and Daniel Bryan. Um, Scott, you remember always them going, I'll show you your number if you show me yours. And then Daniel Bryan shows his number and Kane's like, no, bye. <laughs> like little skits like that. Do you guys think that that might have actually added to the entire night's experience? Uh, yeah. Scott, I'll. Scott, I'll get your opinion first because you never got an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have thought it would have been... I fondly remember segments like that. 
like uh, students in the forum will be drilled like Sunday night heat they carry they had Funaki, number one announcer outside a room where apparently all the numbers being drawn getting people's reactions and they were coming out to try and gauge where they were going through and if someone was disappointed you know they were coming out like earlier in 2005 you had Eddie Guerrero who drew number one and Flair drew number 30 but he didn't know at the time but then Flair tried it. Flair gets his number stolen by Eddie Guerrero and then Taylor Long forces him and gave it back so little moments like that you know do something different you know it's a bit lightens the mood throughout the night you know get a funny, yeah. like age segment and yeah I mean the thing with Tamina and that is like yeah, she lost at the rate to be number 30. She's still got to be number 25, which isn't that much. I know. I mean, she didn't like really lose out that much. <laughs> not like she had to come in number one. It's like the time Truth beat Miz and Miz had to come in number one and then yeah. number three anyway in 2012. <laughs> yeah. Dave, would you prefer to, especially because we've not got any fans in the arena, so everything's getting just mm-hmm. broadcast at home. Do you think that might have would have, like helped even just pull the entire show together instead of just segment, segment, segment. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy the, the Tombola segments, you know, where they actually draw their numbers because, you know, as Scott mentioned, you can get some really funny comedic moments and what a lot of people can consider to be the most serious pay-per-view event of the year. Uh, I think one moment in particular, I think it was the 2017 Rumble where uh, Dean Ambrose actually picks out Sami Zayn's number and he said, oh, you got number eight. Oh, oh no, wait, sorry, I had it up, upside down. Eight. it's moments like that you think oh you see this is why you you like the lottery selection of the of the Mm -hmm. royal rumble because you get to put people in certain places so you know who's going to come out when but only do it for like a few people leave the majority of the of the field in the dark so you don't know who's going to be then and when but it yeah i think having the lottery there you know it, it sort of gives a bit of structure to the rumble like this is how we do our entry drawing and but we but you don't see everybody who comes in and picks their numbers that leaves the element of surprise open as well. Yep. Yeah, I think as well, as Dave said, about you only do it for a select few. Like, it could fill the time. Something WWE don't do well is fill time on a pre-show. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even on pre-shows where they put four matches, they still do a pre-show of two hours. And it's like, <laughs> what, what are you doing here? Um, you know, it could, you know, it, as Dave said, it, Close the you know the pre-show together. You only do it for a select few. I think every year there is the obvious ones. You know, like Dobbs Ziggler every year is going to be the Rumble. Kofi this year is the exception, but yeah. there's always going to be a New Day representative in the Rumble. There's always going to be, you know, one of Kane or the Big Show popping up in a Rumble. So you know, if you've announced them ahead of time, have them do it. You know, and then for the women's ones, you know, the the usual people, the the Natalias, the Carmella's, the you know, maybe Charlotte Flair if she's pre-announced. Yeah. You know, the, the people that it isn't a surprise, like nobody wants to see, you know, the Hurricane pick his number. You know, like, no, that was a surprise. Don't do I that. I love you Hurricane. Know. I would love to see him pick a number. And just yeah, but it, comes, it takes away for the pop later on. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you only, yeah. You only do it for, as Dave said, a select few, a couple of people, fills, you know, fills in the gaps at certain bits of the shows and then we move on. I'd rather watch the Tombola than watch, like, Peter Rosenberg on the pre-show panel, by the way. 24-7 champion, Sean, all that respect. Mm. I know, Sean, sure not, not, not anymore. Uh, Archer's got it back from him. Yeah, I'm just worried, me. <laughs> um, but we know the, the Royal Rumble is good for comedic spots, and I do want to talk about this before we go and talk about like the final and if who should have won. But uh, for me, Billy Kay stole the show once again. <laughs> yep. Um, Scott, what was probably your favourite moment with Billy just first of all coming out with her CVs. 
Excuse the joint comedy and like, to keep getting up every entrant comes out. Like it, it put me in mind of like Heath Slater in twenty eighteen, just everybody kept picking Kind of a tag partner, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh but also like the fact that when she actually got in the ring and she had the bit with uh Billy with uh Peyton Royce and they're both gonna do the icon, but then she stops because she sees Ruby like looking like, Oh, like your old Falfy school meeting your new pals and you're kinda like, uh <laughs> <laughs> so it goes to do the iconic thing, she's like I'm going to get judged by my new friend because that's not very punk. Uh oh. Yeah, you like to hang out and listen to that, not that hit band, you know, Blink 182. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ross, see with Billy Kay. Oh, so I know that you're a big fan of her um, and the comedic stuff that she's doing. Uh, what was probably your favourite part of her being part of the Women's Rumble this year? Um, I think our interactions with the, would you call it, with the commentary team in between the spots. Like, Jerry Lawler just like, how did it go? <laughs> she did, she, like, I think it's the Shana one. He goes, how does it go? And she's kind of like, because <clears throat> <laughs> Shana choked her. And I absolutely love the Shana bit as well. It is the, the over-comedic, um, the over-comedic, uh, sorry, the over-comical wrestler. There we go, can I get the fucking words it? And the dead serious MMA real life could rip your throat out person, and them colliding, both of them were perfect together. I thought. <laughs> and Dave, Billy and Jelly. Oh, Billy and Jelly. That's all I could talk about the uh, in that entire match. Like you know, when Jillian, like Jillian was like the the biggest, probably the biggest genuine shock that I had in the the women's rumble, and mm-hmm. and we knew we all knew her gimmick. You know, she was an absolutely rank rotten singer uh, when she actually oh, sang yeah. her own theme music. Uh, <laughs> it's but you know to see the interaction, you know, between a you know a former superstar and uh, like someone who's just as hilarious as Billy Kay. I think seeing the two of them together, I, th- I think they could certainly give the iconics a run for their money. I miss the Iconics. But yeah, we'll talk about what everyone actually wants to hear when we're talking about the Women's Royal Rumble. Not that everyone wants to talk about Billy Kay and Gillian because it was one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> the, when it got down to the sort of final, um, so you had like Rhea Ripley, you had the clear favourite that was Charlotte. Like They were proper big enough that she was going to be a back-to-back winner like Stone Cold Steve Austin, etc., who out of like everyone that was actually there, do you would you have thought would have been in the final four, Scott? Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Scott. Natalia. Your name is Scott. <laughs> With the exception of Natalia, I would have thought the three they had, you know, you had Charlotte, former winner, Rhea, favourite going into it. Bianca, but there was also I thought they were kind of a dark horse for it. I would have thought mm-hmm. maybe Bailey. Oh, that's something we didn't talk about. The camera missed Bailey's elimination. Oh, yeah. It was one of the main stories regarding the SmackDown heading into the Women's Rumble. And they said, so they could see Tori Wilson getting eliminated. Like, think <laughs> Kevin. Jesus. But, but yeah, look at the Kevin. final four, looking at Italia compared to everybody else. It's like, I know she's been around for a while, but one of these things is not like the others. So, you know, I would have liked, you know, I mean, I would have liked Alexa Bliss to have done more in the Rumble. Mm-hmm, that was a like missed opportunity, but. We'll see what happens with her and Rhea, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think but, I it was weird that Charlotte smiled after she got eliminated. Like, you know, I at least sell it. <laughs> like, you know, you just get eliminated. You don't want to admit it to back. You should be at least a little bit upset about it. But I think this the smile was more like a, a sign of respect. It's like, yeah, this is what the rubble's about. You can gang up on people if you want, and you took advantage mm-hmm. of it. So it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Scott. I think Bailey probably should have made it to the final four. Her elimination was a bit sudden. And it would have made 
for much better storytelling between her and Bianca, particularly towards the end. Like I think she she should have been eliminated where Natalia got eliminated, i.e. the fourth mm-hmm. the, the fourth to last person going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ross, I bet you were buzzing buzzing for Natalia to be in the final four. Oh, absolutely. Heart could not stop. You can hear it in my voice. I was <laughs> wild well, right. Um anyway, moving on to anything of else but Natalia. Um, as Dave was saying there about Bailey's elimination, I think you need these surprise eliminations in the middle of the match. I think you need moments throughout the match. You know, not, it's something I, I haven't liked about the last two men's rumbles is it does seem a lot of the big stars have been 20 onwards. Mm-hmm. Like, say, say, I text Scott during it saying it feels a bit mid-card mania here, about eight or nine in. <laughs> but I think you need these eliminations, these shock eliminations in the middle of the match, you know, it's just a shame obviously, it's it becomes common that we miss big things at the Royal Rumble, we missed AJ Styles' debut, we missed Edge's first spear and now we've missed Bailey's elimination and what should have been a solidifying moment for Bianca in the match because I thought she'd be the Iron Woman, I didn't think she'd win it as soon as she eliminated Bailey, I thought she might be in my show here mm-hmm. You're like, the biggest shock elimination I think was Alexa Bliss because you know she came in at I think it was she came in at number twenty seven, lucky number twenty seven, and she lasts the shortest amount of time, like just over a minute, mm-hmm. and was eliminated almost so quickly by Rhea Ripley. It was um, that because you know Alexa was actually pinned as a as a wild card bet to possibly win the whole thing, but ends up having the worst performance out of everybody. So I'm genuinely surprised by that. Well, what we like what Ross was saying earlier is like um, we're thinking that Rhea Ripley is going to be coming to the main roster. I personally think that she'll be going to Raw. I know that like they'll probably think slap the NXT um, talent, but if she's going to go into a possible uh, rivalry with Alexa Bliss, which I'd be all for, big person, tiny person, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that like that'll be fun. Um, so we'll we'll talk a wee bit, like, like just a little bit about the matches because they weren't in your face amazing as the actual Rumbles were. Like that's the attraction of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view is the Royal Rumbles. So you had the the unsuccessful defense of the Women's Tag Team Championships on the pre-show. Do you think, and I'm just going to throw this out here, having Ric Flair bring out Lacey Evans for a wee cheating um, women's right to make them lose the, t- uh, the titles was actually a good move, uh, Scott? I thought they, I thought they way overdid this. Like, because like, the actual... Match itself. I mean, being the guys I was watching it with, we were like, we were kind of taking the piss in that. Oh, that's actually been quite good, and more so we're joking like, oh, Nia Jax hasn't killed anyone yet. But other than that, it was actually better than like you'd expect from a match that suddenly got demoted to the pre-show and given that mm-hmm. how serious the W hasn't really taken the women's tag titles, depending on who happens to be holding them at any given time. Uh, but then also we were all talking about it on the pre-show, we all seemed convinced that somehow Lacey Evans is going to get involved there. Like Nia and she were going to get the belts back, and fair enough. But like, first you have a distraction which backfires, then another distraction, and then not only did Lacey Evans do some do the women's right, but she also has like brass nuts on or something like that, which is quite overbooked. Like just a simple distraction, then Lacey Evans comes in. That's mm-hmm. fair enough. And they had to do the full like playing Ric Flair's music, and then they did that again in the women's rumble when his music played. Yeah. Comes Lacey. Also, how can Lacey Evans have this same song? She's got like well, I got a line in it. Mind your manners, be respectful. You're walking about in Ric Flair's robe saying, Charlotte, oh, I'm shagging you there. <laughs> it doesn't fit, women. You're, you are a mother. 
Dave, what's your opinion on that? Uh, to be honest, I think this was probably the best thing they could have done. I mean, I wasn't a fan of it, obviously, but it, it furthers the storyline between Charlotte and Lacey. And at the same time, it sort of sends Asuka and Charlotte back on their own separate ways because they never really functioned as a as a proper tag team. You know, you, you just put two single star, st- stars together and Charlotte was coming back from injury and time off. Like, and the first thing you do is put a title straight back on her. It's, yeah, in hindsight, it wasn't the best decision to have made. But if anything, you know, this gives WWE at least a couple of pay-per-views now to sort of uh, send off the feud with Charlotte and Lacey. Because I think, you know, the rumors have been floating around that it's going to be Asuka versus Charlotte at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's title. And yeah, they need to, I think they need to put the Charlotte Lacey stuff to rest. Because, I mean, you, you don't want like a feud like that for Charlotte come WrestleMania season. You've got to have her in the title match. Like take uh, like Otis and Ziggler as well. You know, that was a bit of a comedic feud with a, a sort of love angle twist to it. Twist to it. That was, that's something that could have been WrestleMania worthy. But when you've got Charlotte Flair, I think you need to have her in a title match. Yeah, and Ross, do you agree with that? Because having it on the pre-show, plus the fact that Asuka being Raw Women's Champion, like, you didn't even have a match for her, whereas Sasha did have a match. Yeah, yes and no. Um, she lost a match, but didn't take the pin, and the person that did take the pin got it through nefarious means. Mm-hmm. Charlotte was in the final three of the Rumble and had a really good performance. Asuka, you know... The first ever Women's Royal Rumble, the only women's match on the show was the Women's Royal Rumble. The champions just sat ringside and didn't really do anything until the end of the match. So, I mean, I'd rather see them in a match for a title on the pre-show. And, you know, I don't actually mind the matches being for titles on the Royal Rumble pre-show because at the Royal Rumble, the Rumble match itself takes an hour plus. I want to see the Royal Rumble. I don't want to see... You wear grace to respects, the US, the IC, the women's, the world, whatever. I don't want to see the title matches. Um, Charlotte Flair, I think people get a bit bored with her in title matches and then we put her in storylines like this and we realise, no, actually, she's far too good for that. Yep. But I do think as WWE is moving towards two-day WrestleMania, they'll move towards more women's matches, which means more women's matches that are not for titles, which means I think Charlotte will face Lacey at WrestleMania. Because also you love Ric Flair in the corner and they want a lot of legends at this year's WrestleMania. So that straight away, women's match, non-title women's match, ticks the box of a legend being there, gets Charlotte on the card. And I think, and I'm going to put it out there now, ask Aria Ripley for the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania. Mm. Putting that out there, guys. (laughs) I predicted Lashley MVP months before it happened. (laughs) I'm due another one. (laughs) I've Right, and then we we opened up the show with a very quick title match. Um, Drew taking on the the Hall of Famer Goldberg, which apparently Drew was disrespecting all the legends. Did this really need to happen? Simple yes or no, guys. No, but it actually helps Drew knowing that he's now defeated Brock Lesnar and Goldberg within the space of... Uh, 12 months yeah, uh, no no but it wasn't overly offensive if that's an easy way to put it <laughs> you can't really say that people weren't investing in because so many people I've seen were basically watching it for the full two or so minutes that it was all just like please no please no <laughs> yeah and also and Drew really left it to the last second when he was kicking out of the spears and all that and mm-hmm. you know they did that stuff before the match officially happened you think oh this is how they get out of it you know have them go through the barricade 
he's injured against a guy going hits a spear. But all my main focus on the match was like, Scobar, did you come straight for the gym? You've still got your gym shorts on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept thinking, it's like, uh, well, you've got the, the WWE title match at seven, but you've got fives at half seven. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I kept thinking. But yeah, I think like that put the entire fear in not only WWE Universe, but just Scotland in general. Because we were just like, in that two minute, the small two minute match, we're like, crap, this guy might actually win. What? But when Drew hit him with a Glasgow kiss, I was like, that's just, I was like, just go down with that. Just just go down with a, with a Glasgow kiss. And that's all you need. When, he, when Goldberg, the jackhammer, he kicked out, the look on Goldberg's face is like, does not compute, does not compute. No one kicks out of the jackhammer. It was the worst looking jackhammer. It was like, not even a jackhammer. Like, no, the the one on Undertaker at Super Showdown was oh, probably the worst. That was a brain buster. Um, <laughs> I thought um, I thought it was actually fun. I quite enjoyed it. I think <clears throat> I I didn't want to see Goldberg win the WWE title. I didn't have the the meltdown reaction of thought of him winning the WWE title as some people had. I'd probably just enjoyed it more. That more people hated it, um, knowing the fact that it would just end at WrestleMania anyway. But yeah, you drew square up to him, be a wee bit arrogant, gets caught out, you have the brawl outside, you put the doubt in people's minds, the two spears and the jackhammer on the, the outside attack, and then eventually it ends with the claymore. But I didn't mind it, I quite enjoyed it, I thought it was quite good uh, for what it was. And I, 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 I've said before, Goldberg should still have a place in WWE if they're going to pay him, and it should be battering people like... <laughs> Baron Corbin, Jinder Mahal, two on one matches against like the Singh brothers and like Ever Rise and like lower down people are like. You leave Ever Rise alone. <laughs> don't, tell like, a, people, don't tell me you're a fan people, of them. Oh, I love them. God. When people, would you call it, when people maybe got a bit too uppity, remember, uh, I believe it was Curtis Axel, where he had like a DQ win over Triple H, so a count out win over Cena. Yeah. Then, you know, it was a no contest, but it was still undefeated. And I think if you just another storyline like that, say someone like a Kurt Hawkins or something like that, obviously he's in TNA now, but like if they had a, if they, you know, had the losing streak and then went on a winning streak of fluky wins, oh, I'm going to, who's next? And I know Goldberg's movie sets, I'm next, like, you know, uh-oh. stuff like that. Uh, exactly, stuff like that. I don't think, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's that bad. And also, I've, I've said before, uh, unpopular opinion, at WrestleMania last year, he shouldn't have lost the title to Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman was a last-minute replacement. I would have been perfectly happy for Goldberg to go away for the month as champion, have someone other than Otis win money in the bank, and then they challenge him at Backlash. That that would have worked for me. Yeah. Imagine I'm trying to get Otis up for a check, Hammer. Honestly. Go for- Hey, I was, I was going to say, if everyone's put to shame when Bianca Belair can, you know, put Otis on her shoulders and run halfway around the ring. Yeah. So everyone can get put to shame with that. We had, <laughs> we had the like the uh, the SmackDown women's title match. It was another match with Sasha and Carmella, obviously with Reginald at ringside. Which Reginald, um, the best thing about this feud. He's amazing. Sorry, <laughs> Reggie. Yeah. We do like we do like Reginald and obviously Scott made a wee joke earlier that he got sent to the back and he should have because he was not wearing socks with his shoes. Well, I, I absolutely hate that behavior. Like I, 
Second I keep asking order. how guys can do it because it can't it can't be comfortable, especially in like leather kind of shoes. It's going no. to give you blisters. No, exactly. It'll give you blisters and your feet will stink afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's <laughs> I'm, not talking from, I'm, not talking, <laughs> I'm not talking from experience here. But I have worn I have worn sports trainers without socks on and it's yeah, it's not a pleasant feeling afterwards. I know he's indoors and everything, but like I know it's like in Florida, but it's still January. Who wears shoes with no socks in January? I know. Well, see, if he gets frostbite and loses his clothes, he has only himself to blame. Uh, although in Florida, you know, the temperature's not too bad, so you could get away with it. Moving swiftly on from the shoes, guys. <laughs> anyway, back to the wrestling. Uh, I was like, going to say, it was. I wouldn't say this is like an amazingly notable match between these two. Obviously, Carmella doing the, the full-on nosedive and nearly breaking oh her own neck. God. Probably like one of the more memorable things, not for a good reason in that match. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you guys have anything to say about this match apart from it was just like a regular one, uh, Scott? Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this match. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Was it what the TLC match wasn't that was a uh, an okay match, but this one I think was better, especially after you had like the super kick spot when I uh, came off the top and caught with a super kick, <laughs> and then obviously she got to like gawky after she kicked out and then. That's where she got caught with a bank statement. Uh, clearly, she was taking a move out of Sasha's playbook when you like killing herself on a bloody dive. But I found it a stat because they mentioned that after Sasha retained, that she's now going into 100 days as champion. And at the time recording, she's got 101 days. And I looked it up because also we talk about how much difficult she is as a retaining a title. She's coming up, or her one reign as Smiley champion is coming up, is about to surpass all five of her uh, Raw Women's title reigns put together. Mm-hmm. So it's the second longest <laughs> reign she's had with a singles title since our uh, NXT women's title reign, which is 192 mm-hmm. days. So that shows how long it's been since Sasha's had a, a long reign. Like she's taken this long to get mm-hmm. back to triple digits. Mm. Yeah, I think it was like sort of first, first of all the course of Raw and the course of Charlotte. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah. The match itself was actually pretty decent, all things considered. It's just that it had to follow Drew versus Goldberg. And you know, if you're trying to follow a match like that, it's not going to have any... It's, it's going to be sort of filtered out of the memory. But I'm actually, I actually don't remember the, the dive to the outside until you brought it back up. And then I, <laughs> as soon as you did, I was just like, oh gosh, yeah, that was actually a pretty awful spot to yeah. take. But, and there were a couple of close calls, so it wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. It was just, it felt a bit underwhelming because you felt so exhausted by the big sprint at the start that was Drew versus Goldberg. Oh yeah, the absolute big massive sprint of two minutes. It's also the fact that we knew that the Women's Rumble match was going to be coming up after this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think any any match on a show that isn't the Rumble, you're like, gonna hurry up. We're here to see I the think, Rumble, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we thought... I want the Rumble. I, I thought it'd be when they announced WWE title match was open, I thought it was going to be WWE title, one rumble, uh, Universal and Women's title, uh, and then the other rumble. So as soon as that got in the way, like it didn't matter what it was, it was just like, you're in the way, can you hurry up? It's like, mm-hmm. television, I want the rumble. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's how I'm pretty sure we were all feeling. Um, coming up for like the next title match, It was this happened in between the women's and the men's rumble matches. So obviously we were... Clearly very excited and it happens all the time. You're very, very hyped up for the rumble and then whatever comes after it, you're going to feel a wee bit exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I kind of felt watching the last man standing match. Although, however, for about a 25 minute match, it was actually not that bad. 
I, I'm not sure how I feel about the the similarities between the match that Sammy and Matt had at AAW with the forklift and the table. Hmm. At least it was done safely. Um because you never know, you, you never need any, like forklifts in WWE. You always need them. I love a forklift. I love a forklift. There's not enough forklifts in wrestling. There's not Anyone. enough forklifts in wrestling. And no plus way. it was sponsored by Canes, which was clearly just <laughs> obviously a sign to come, had we all known, which we will talk about later for the men's rumble. But see the execution of this last man standing match, because obviously Paul Heyman, bless his heart, couldn't get Roman Reigns unlocked. <laughs> couldn't get him out of the handcuffs so it's like the referee just keeps counting stops counting and you're like mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of felt a little oh, bit awkward watching it it's, that was such a terrible spot like I don't know what it's happened it's a blooper like, reel that's what it's for it's a blooper reel apparently the cuffs the side the bit where the key was mangled was on the wrong side so they did oh. it wrong and they had to so Payne was trying to get rid of the other side and we didn't know at the time that Jimmy Uso or sorry Jay Uso wasn't medically cleared at the time, I'm thinking, why isn't Jay Uso coming out to like attack? Yep. You know, buy some time because it was like really clear when when the referee gets stained, Roman just grabs him, just pulls him into the side of the, mm-hmm. the Titan Tron, just like like fair enough. Like, so you're not finished yet. I wanted to see how many refs it would take before eventually got him. It's just how many refs you take, just trail of bodies left by Roman Reigns. <laughs> I was when he got to the count of nine, he just grabs them, donk, and you're like. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that handcuff spot! That handcuff spot just ruined the whole thing. It was. Uh, I, I was just watching. I'm thinking they cannot be messing this up right now. After you know, twenty odd minutes of some really, really creative spots and a mm-hmm. lot of big bumps. You know, people were going through tables. Kevin Owens does that sent on off the top of the forklift, which was outstanding. Like probably mm-hmm. spot the entire match. Uh, but the whole handcuff debacle just sort of sort of just outshined it all, which is a, it's a real shame because it was a really, really good match. And then yeah. Reigns just chokes him out with the guillotine at the end. It was, it was a, it was a kind of an unremarkable finish to what was a very, very, very well built feud. I think that the issue was, I think they could have done a few more things between the handcuff and the guillotine. So that the, the handcuff took so long and then they immediately went to the guillotine spot. Cause it makes sense. Like you, you put somebody asleep, they can't get back up again for the 10. So that made sense. I mean, the spot we should be talking about as uh, Roman Reigns, he did it for The Rock. Because, <laughs> once again, a Simone man has run somebody over who does a stunner as a finishing move. like And just like, and people oh. find out, Sammy got bounced off it by the side. Not Kevin Owens, he took the full brunt of it. He that went into it, yep. He went in. Oh, Simone man running over a guy that does a stunner. It was like, oh, this is like... <laughs> it's, I, I was wondering why I had a sense of deja vu looking at that spot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually mind the match, you know. I think the, the hand the handcuff spot I think overshadows it because Twitter focuses on the negative um and you oh, yeah. see like, like daft things, but I think coming out of it actually does give it protects Kevin Owens more because he does have the well, hold on a minute, if you didn't attack the ref, if you didn't have Paul Heyman, if you didn't, you know, have all that time, you know, I would be champion, blah blah blah. Um mm-hmm. I must say, though, like as I said with the women's match, I'm, I'm nothing if not consistent. I was waiting on the rumble. The women's rumble had finished. I really enjoyed the women's rumble. This came on next, and it was at this point I went and because I could feel myself like kind of coming down, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I need to start doing stuff because I know the actual Royal Rumble will carry me through. Yeah, but I need to start doing stuff because this is going to go twenty odd minutes. 
25 minutes if you include the handcuff spot. And <laughs> so, like, I I generally, I missed the entrances and the promo packages because I was, like, taking my bins out and cleaning up the kitchen and loading the dishwasher for tomorrow and just doing <laughs> stuff. And then I heard, like, a couple of, like, like when I'm in the kitchen, I'm next to the living room, so I have to, like, oh, on the TV. So then I look and see the, oh, that. Christ. And it started getting really good, so I was like, "Oh, this is actually a really good match." Like, you know, I've, I've gotten I've gotten by the promo packages and stuff like that. I'll, I'm into the match now; it should be fine. Uh, thank God, I'd saved my energy for that handcuff bottle. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll move on to. It's going to be like kind of t- talking points with another one rolled into one because of what's happened with the men's Royal Rumble. Um, well first we'll we'll get we'll get to that all right but at that time we knew that it was going to be randy orton and edge starting off the royal rumble originally it was supposed to be randy orton then edge um but edge kicks off the royal rumble because apparently he can't wait (laughs) or maybe they just wanted another another winner to start at number one maybe like Surely that's it. He finally couldn't wait in 2008. He jumped the buzzer and was DQ'd. There is DQs for set things in the Rumbles, and there was like literally only one rule in the Rumble: it's wait your turn, and he did do it. Right, coming up on ESSR articles. Why Edge should have waited his turn by Rock. <laughs> I've already wrote two articles for the Royal Rumble on the website. They're there just now, guys. If you want to read them. <laughs> I'm Royal Rumble this year. Do you think Edge can't wait? Wasn't the stupid thing that Michael Cole said at the start of Rumble? The stupid thing he said is when Sam Zane came out, oh, statistically, number three, the worst position to be in the Rumble, when Bianca Belair, an hour earlier, won the Women's Rumble from number three. Yeah. One of the famous Rumbles of all time was 1982. Featured the winner coming in at number three. <laughs> Michael, do your research. You said you're a journalist. Did you go, did you go to journalism for that? Did you? Really did not. you know? No. Nah. <laughs> Um, so, well, first of all, we'll talk about um, C NXT appearances. Now, we had quite a lot of NXT appearances in the women's, but we only actually had one in the men's Royal Rumble, which was Damien Priest. Mm. Later on, we... Oh, 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 Damien Priest. <laughs> You'll be singing it for the next week. You're all welcome. Um, Ryan has not stopped singing it. <laughs> uh, we learned, obviously, the night after the Royal Rumble that he made his Raw debut, so we can talk a wee bit about about that as well. But do you guys think there should have been a little bit more NXT appearances, given mm-hmm. like the, the split between SmackDown, NXT, free agents, which we will definitely be talking about in a wee minute, <laughs> Obviously, Edge being a Hall of Famer and starting off the Rumble. Um, But do you think there should have been more appearances for like NXT guys? Yeah, absolutely. Like you could have had Tommaso Champ in there. You could have had uh, Timothy Thatcher, maybe even Johnny Gargano or Austin Theory at a push. Like because there was plenty of opportunities for those guys to be, you know, inserted in somewhere or another. But I think it just goes to show like NXT's strongest aspect is its women's division that's how they were able mm-hmm. to get so uh, but i think it was six nxt women uh, in the women's rumble now that's a good a good chunk in the in the in the rumble given you know most of them will be raw and smackdown but for one sole nxt in the men's rumble it's a bit of a letdown because there's still like a ton of talent you could have you could have got in there mm-hmm. I, I don't mind I... much because you talk about mixing bubbles with nxt and and uh 
the main roster. I think given the fact that the one person they did bring up was about to move to the main roster, mm-hmm. he avoided that concern. And also, I think Ross mentioned earlier, there's more men on the across one SmackDown than there are women. Yeah, I think you need an NXT more to help fill that out. And like, it's not as if you were, you didn't have surprises because you had your first year of surprises who weren't NXT or Ross SmackDown because you had Kane. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about that actually because it was a very, very cheeky comment. Because obviously, Dolph Ziggler was coming up for—I'm pretty sure it was Dolph Ziggler coming up for like very similar appearances as Kane. And then who comes out? Yay! Kane. <laughs> so, and he got an elimination, which means he, uh, as Kane, got forty-four eliminations. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I bring something up on the show, by the way? Of course. I believe um, it was like the year after um, they announced on, uh, I, I can't remember if it's been going on so long. I don't know if Scott put 44 and the answer was 43, or if it was 44 and Scott put 43. Scott said 43 and it was actually 44. Uh, I remember. WWE recognises Kane. I'm not fucking Kane. <laughs> WWE recognises Kane as having 43 eliminations but I took all my answers from Wikipedia which include everyone's gimmick so like Rikishi has like 6 eliminations but like Rikishi the Sultan Fatu has like 15 <laughs> so Scott was all right and wrong but he now has all over again he now has 46 eliminations Yes, he knows 46 eliminations, two more eliminations, which I loved because for too long, Kane came into Rumbles and eliminated fuck all. <laughs> I was happy he came here because part of me thought, imagine if Kane showed up, you know, almost 20 years since he set the record for most eliminations in a single Rumble. Mm-hmm. And last year, that record got fucking smashed by uh, by Lesnar and also Strowman, but I don't count him because it wasn't a real Rumble. <laughs> but I. Of course, you can eliminate 13 people. There's like 20 more of them, for God's sake. But he's back. He was back to claim his bloody record. If it wasn't for that dastardly Damien Priest, I'll be a terrible. I'll be going to mean event for the rest of his career. Yeah, Dave, watch out! There's a hurricane coming through. See, this was. I think that was the. This is the least uh, surprising of the surprise entrance, if that makes sense, because oh, yeah. the surprise hurricane entrance happened in 2018 and seeing him just three years later, it just didn't have the same <laughs> the same feeling about it. Like, you know, Kane coming back was a bit of a surprise because you saw that's him done. Carlito coming back was a genuine shock because, <laughs> you know, he was, he was meant to be advertised for Raw Legends Night, but then it got scrapped. So seeing him show up there, that was pretty cool. Although his gimmick's now been pretty much null and voided now because of COVID. Because uh, you, you, you can't spit in people's faces anymore, <laughs> even with an apple in your mouth. Uh, but obviously, you know, it wasn't the biggest surprise entrant of the night, as I'm sure you'll know, Sarah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Well, I'll talk about that in a wee minute. Um, I'll really love that. But yeah, Ross, we... We did actually. I'm pretty sure I was on Central. Was it? Um, it was me, Quacko, and I was with David Campbell when it was just after Raw Legends Night, and I said that no, I didn't watch it because Carlito wasn't on it, like he was meant to be. <laughs> um, but at least this time, like I made the joke when I seen him come out. I was like, oh, so they did get in touch with his agents this time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Carlito coming back. I mean, that's that's a throwback for a lot of people as well. So. Would you hope to see like a Carlitos Cabana coming back to Raw and SmackDown? 
Well, he was on. He was wrestling on Raw this week, wasn't he? Teamed with uh, Jeff Hardy. Mm. I think um, that's Dave another throwback in itself, as well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dave mentioned um, that he, like, he wasn't really happy that there was no any, not a lot of NXT guys. I, I don't mind it when you know we had Kane, we had Edge, we had. We'll talk about someday in a minute. The Hurricane, I, you know, diminishing returns, but it was because there wasn't a live crowd there. I think. If there was a crowd there, they would have popped for it. You know, you had Damien Priest and then Carlito basically taking the MVP role this year. Mm-hmm. MVP came back last year and sort of a career resurgence. He's still on Raw. He's managing both the US and the tag champs. So, you know, I, I don't mind non-NXT people being there when we have good surprises. Don't get me wrong. Like, see if it was a case of, oh, the Boogeyman and Gilbert showed up in the Royal Rumble <laughs> and we only got and we got, you know, Johnny Gargano from NXT, I wouldn't be like, well, no, I'd kind of maybe give the other two spots to NXT, but when you've still got the good legend spots and the rumble itself is very good, and of course, Mr. Seth Rollins returned. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've you've got all that. I think that means more than maybe just a guy popping up from NXT. Yeah. Yeah. I think I liked seeing Carly off. You know, he said about MVP. I tell you, he's going to go on a similar journey. By the end of the year, we're going to have the cool business, his own faction, all with the similar like shirts. They're all going to have their own fruits that they can't spit in people's faces. You know, <laughs> one of them with a banana, one of them with a kiwi or something like that. Oh, I'm surprised to hear people so down on bloody Hurricane's appearance. And all I have to say is, what the fuck that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I personally loved Hurricane's appearance. Like, any. Anything that's like superhero gimmick, you know, I'm going to be all for. But it's it's obviously clear who what my favorite moment of the night was when my faith was my faith came happen. It all happened, and this is when apparently David Campbell's going to get the wholesome listening. I don't really know how to make it sound even more genuine. Then. It's like Christian came back. <laughs> it, it, it's Christian. It's Christian, <laughs> but yeah, because at last he's on his own. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I was sitting. Me and Dan were doing um, our Royal Rumble numbers with like a couple of our other pals, and he's like, "Oh, here comes my number." No, so I put the group chat down because I was like, "I want to see her at the music." And obviously, I'm sitting there screaming at three o'clock in the morning, and. Obviously, you guys are in the chat, and then obviously oh, Stephen going, "Sarah, are you all right?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite." And obviously, yeah, it it's, it happened for me. I'm I'm actually more than happy the fact that I got to have my 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 man back, my Christian back. Um, I, and <laughs> no, you go keep, keep no keep keep going. Finally, <laughs> I was going to say you say a bad word of a Christian, and I will cut you from this call. No, no, no. I'm, I was very happy. Like I, um, I think this is the first rumble I watched. Haley selfishly had a birthday on the Royal Rumble. I think that 25 years ago, my mother-in-law planned to have a child on the day of the 2021 Royal Rumble, knowing full <laughs> well that it would really disrupt my day. Um, but, um, I I watched it. Uh, I think it was the first rumble I watched myself since like 2014. And I was sitting watching it, and like some of the ones, I was like, "Oh yes, here we go." I think the only two genuine yes, because they were so unexpected, were Victoria in the women's rumble and Christian in the men's rumble. And I actually had to say to Haley, "Did I wake you last night?" 
But no, how I went, there's a couple of times I went like the telly. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so I've been more than once after she's came off a night shift if I've been watching a Rangers game and <laughs> I can't even just go, oh, that was a goal. No, I need to go, yes! <laughs> so I've been shouting at the other ones like, fucking shut up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, Dan's just obviously sitting looking at me and I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes. Because I'm sitting there screaming, and I'm just like, oh. So, was, was your reaction the same as Edge's when he saw Christian come down the ramp? Because that, I mean, was, that was a genuinely feel good moment. It was beautiful. And, like, see all the pictures that were taken of, like, Christian coming down the ramp and them two, like, reuniting in the ring. I've saved all those on my phone and I'm going to cherish them forever. But no, I was sitting there, like, <laughs> tears streaming down my face and, like, proper crying, going, it happened. It actually happened. Because I kept thinking that. Christian was going to come in quite early, save Edge from getting beaten up. And then I'd calm down because, like, Daniel's like, stop getting your hopes up. You're just going to get yourself disappointed every single time, like you do every year. And I'm like, right, okay, okay. And I completely, I'd properly calm down. And then 24, I just hear his music and I'm like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my, that was my genuine reaction. I wish if I, I, I then again, if I had known it was going to happen, I would probably still scream, but not as much. So see if there had been like a wee secret camera film on my reaction. I would love to have watched myself back to see Christian. Um, but then we've just got the wee fact that WWE keep teasing me on their Instagram page saying that he's the most decorated superstar or one of the most decorated superstars and that something might be happening for him, which see if I get Christian at WrestleMania for anything, I'd be happy. Like twenty twenty one, just title match from twenty fourteen. He is still doing IC title match, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus, they did actually have that little thing with him and Biggie in the rumble. I was to say. So first uh, went after. yeah, with mm-hmm. Biggie. It's like I haven't forgotten. I used to know me. Um, but also, I was actually I was overall like really happy, but was really surprised that he was technically down like into the last four. If you count the fact that Randy Orton came back into the ring. Because mm-hmm. um, we had num- we had Braun Strowman coming in at number thirty, and at this point, Edge is still in the Rumble, and you're like, "What the hell is going on here?" Because I don't think any of us probably expected Edge to be the man to win the Royal Rumble. Because mm. Daniel Bryan was a head-on favorite. Uh, you had AJ Styles that was probably a heavy favorite. A lot of guys that were going into this Rumble match could have hey, won it. Matt Riddle lasted longer than Daniel Bryan. I think you know he would have been a dark horse pick for winning. No. Well, I personally don't like Riddle, so uh, I'll flick him away. Bro! But... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Plus, he was very uncool to Carlito, so that just is a no-no for me. That's not cool. But let's talk about the fact that Hall of Famer Edge not only started at number one, was the Iron Man of the entire Royal Rumble, but went ahead and won the whole damn thing. Did you guys see that coming? No. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. What's, what's interesting now is actually this year, both in the women's room and in the men's room, two people that are the iron, the iron person went on to win it because Bianca Belair was the iron one of her. Yep. Apparently set a new record for the world. Uh, Edge was the iron man in his rumble. And I knew a lot of people thought some of the darkest after that promo on Raw. I still didn't see it coming. I've seen a lot of mixed reactions about it. Yeah. Uh, because also the idea of part time and that, but like you've seen, there's also a post talking about how combined 
how long that matches that Edge has been involved in, like how long he lasted in the 2020 Rumble, how mm-hmm. long he lasted in this Rumble, he's matched with Orton, you know, he's putting this shift in. And yeah. And also somebody pointed this out, you know, sometimes there has too much time it's in, but it's nice when you hear these things like this, that the date of this year's Rumble was the same day as the 2010 Rumble where he won it, and mm-hmm. uh, the date that Mike drew WrestleMania is the same date I think he had to give up the title. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 2011. So... You think the idea of him, like, if he wins the title, which is rumored to be the Universal title, uh, mm-hmm. WrestleMania saying that he gave up the last time he gave up a championship. Just, I don't know, ironically, again, the way things come around. And I think the main reason they're teasing him versus Roman is that they want the Battle of the Spears they couldn't get last year with Roman and Goldberg. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is that possibility. Um, something else that obviously emerged um, this week, just after the Royal Rumble, is... Edge and now, well, they, they announced that Edge is actually going to be making his way to NXT. Mm-hmm. So, could we have the possibility of the Royal Rumble winner challenging the NXT champion yet again at WrestleMania, having the potential of Edge versus Finn Balor? Dave, what would I mean, be your thoughts on that? I mean, it wouldn't be out of the question because, you know, it's like, as you said, you know, the Royal Rumble winner challenging the NXT champion has happened before. In fact, it happened last year in the women's mm-hmm. match. But I think this is just what they tend to do with the Royal Rumble winners following the match itself is that they they tease an interaction between each of the champions just to sort of give an inkling, okay, maybe he'll go for them or maybe he'll go for them. I think it's just to build intrigue towards what's going to be quite a big match, particularly like given last year as well, Drew immediately called out Brock Lesnar. He didn't even you mm-hmm. know, consider anybody else. I think they're going with the approach where I think, you know, we'll give them some interaction between all these current champions. They'll have them interact with Drew, as they did on Raw, have them interact with Balor on NXT, because I think that would be something to see in the ring, you know, just these two guys face-to-face. And I imagine he's going to have a face-to-face with Roman at some point, and then that's yeah. when he'll make his decision. So I think they're playing this quite well. Either that, or maybe he just wanted to... Uh, pay a surprise visit to his wife who's working as a commentator in NXT. Yeah, because we, we saw that on Twitter. He's like leaving our notes going, I'm going to come visit you at work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he'll challenge for that. Like, I, I certainly don't think he's going to challenge. I think it's just uh, much like women being an NXT, from NXT being in the Women's Rumble, uh, and much like last year when the NXT title was an option, I think they're going to keep that going so it wasn't just a one-time thing. I think they're going to try operating against what is going to be a big show for AEW. They're going to have the big uh, battle royal to determine the number one contenders for the tag titles. So I think it, Edge, I think, draws more than a tag team battle royal. And obviously uh, it would be maybe Priest's farewell because Priest's been advertised as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be I, I think WWE are going to use Edge to he's agreed that you know the news that came out this week he's going to be a full time competitor in the lead up to WrestleMania yep. Yep. and possibly after if he wins the title um, so he's going to be you know right up to WrestleMania I think they are going to like squeeze every I don't know if you've seen it it's like the fairly odd parents still <laughs> Timmy, <laughs> twisting one of the odd parents and somebody's put it up before it's like Rockstar GTA 5 and now it's like WWE Edge's Royal Rumble when they're just going to get every wee bit they can yeah. mm. I mean he is, under con- he is under contract for another two years so it's I think he'll and he, and he looks like he can still go at the, even though he's like 47 years old mm-hmm. he, he mm-hmm. 
I think he's definitely still got a lot left in the tank, and it gives him a chance to retire on his own terms this time. Yeah, Scott. I want as part of this is if he does go anything with Roman, Jimmy Uso is to come back soon, and hopefully Jay isn't out too long. So as part of the build to get to Roman, uh, like fastly in the elimination chamber, the Usos versus Edge and Christian. Oh, oh yes, I'm please. Imagine that's tantalizing, tantalizing. So it is. We'll oh. see. Something that I would have been happy with, like, see if Edge hadn't won the Royal Rumble, I would have been so happy if him, him and Christian had challenged for the tag titles at Mania, just like one last time. Like that's that was what that was like the expectation I had. I was like Edge and Christian just mm-hmm. tag team in at WrestleMania, and now we've got Edge is going to be in the main event at WrestleMania. I hope Christian has a wee match, but <laughs> I, I, I I I might actually accept it if he doesn't. But it's because my year's been made already. I don't care about anything else that happens now. <laughs> but like like Ross said as well, Damien Priest is advertised for NXT, but he actually made his Raw debut. Now, I haven't personally watched his match. Um, I don't know who has watched the match, uh, Dave. So what, what difference do you think that Damien Priest could actually bring to Raw? I think he's uh, he's going to come off as Raw's new sort of face big guy that can move like a like an acrobat. Because in NXT, you know, he was the mm. he, his gimmick was the Archer of Infamy. You know, he was a bit of a party rock star kind of character. But I think his his style of wrestling wasn't as compatible with NXT as say guys like Gargano, Champa, Balor, and the Undisputed Era. Priest seems more fitting to to Raw because he's got that character to help carry him. And he's a, a big guy that can move like brilliantly, much in the same way Keith Lee. So he's going to put in a dominant performance, but he still has that lean, tall frame about him, which will give him not only a height advantage, but also that sort of like second instinct of knowing how to outsmart smaller guys. And it did so very well against The Miz, who, you know, he's a former champion. He's Mr. Money in the Bank. It, it, it allows him to get a good showing and to say, right, Keep an eye on this guy because he is going to be something big. Mm-hmm. No, I think definitely it'll be something to watch out for. And they need a kind of new flavor when it comes to um, comes to Raw because right now, again, with the limited fact that we've not got either fans or they're only allowed to have like limited people in the building at a time. If they can get new people in, then that's great mm-hmm. um, because we're we are always looking for new things, but. Something that sort of came up this week, actually, I'm pretty sure it only came up today, um, that's being reported is Lars Sullivan has officially been released mm-hmm. uh, from WWE. So, do you really think it was it was it was clearly his time? He wasn't really getting used, was he? Mm. Yeah, it was far. It was. I said in the group chat, yeah, it's been well documented his anxiety and his mental health issues, and it hoped like he didn't show up for NXT taping when they were building towards a Takeover 2018 WrestleMania weekend, and he was meant to go for the NXT title. I believe he was meant to win it. They put Alistair Black in in his place, and then he got like like shoved back into the what you call it the North American title match, I believe it was. So. I felt bad for him then. I felt bad. He, I think, let's start again. Anxiety problems again. I believe he was meant to feud with John Cena, but also John Cena got injured around about this time. So again, things didn't go his way. Um, but you've seen some of his comments towards women online, some comments, I believe it was racist comments towards Hispanic 
uh, people. I don't know if it was, if it wasn't, then, you know, liable. Uh, alleged comments to one minority race, they, you know, like, he said bad things to people. Um, when he started doing that, people started being like, no, you're a bit of a, bit of a dick. Then the whole, you know, monster character, Braun was doing that and doing it better on the main roster. I think yep. he was maybe yep. up too soon. And it just, injury after injury after injury, I think just kind of one big giant ball of unluckiness <laughs> just kind of gets thrown out. Yeah. Kind of just, kind of just snowballed effect, didn't it, Dave? Uh, I was the, I think snowball effect is the best example you could get because you know after uh, was it Crown Jewel or Super Showdown against Lucha House Party, right? He gets written off with injury, and then obviously, as Ross mentioned, there was all this online controversy about him making, you know, offensive comments. Him, he was having anxiety attacks. It all just, it just, it sounds like it just became too much to handle. Like nobody should go through, like be dealing with mental health issues plus injury plus getting caught up in uh, a controversial scandal online because of, you know, various things. It's, yeah. I think Ross summed up best. Just a giant ball of misfortune. Yeah. And Scott, what would be your opinion of, like, say, Lars Sullivan finally getting that release? Um, Because he was sort of like a, a taboo subject at that point because... There have been a lot of speculations, like due to like gay pornography, um, racist comments, and whatnot. Well, especially when that like, the progress thing came out, you know, the idea like they were hesitant to put China in all of fame because of a, a background she had there, and mm-hmm. when the takes came out about page uh, were white, are we going to fire over this? So you, when when Sullivan still got returned to TV and looked like they were going to push him again. After everything else that had happened, it was a case of like, what is it going to take to get this, this guy to be fired around here? Mm-hmm. For Because Vince still wanted to push him up until like a few months before he eventually got released and got injured again. But like, every now and then, like, it's not as if he was, he was talented enough for people to somehow look past the controversy because he was clearly very bad. Because like, every now and then you'd be reminded just how inexperienced he was, most notably the, uh, up, the black mass that was a million miles away. Yeah, for Chicago too, and in fact, you only brought up to the main roster because they thought, "Crap, ratings are low." Look, new people from NXT, you like NXT, <laughs> but they brought up him, Lacey, and yeah, a bunch of other people who probably weren't ready for a call other than EC3. EC3, yeah. I don't want to get into that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was just unluckiness after that. And they, even if, if he was somehow talented or could actually cut a good promo, some people may have thought, "Give him a chance." I know he's an alpha outside the ring, but it was just the fact that he was crap in the ring was only getting pushed clearly because he's size. And then, yeah. in fact, people couldn't look past all those colors because it just seemed to be one thing after another. One thing I will say about Lars Sullivan's career that was a bit of a positive, you can say, he can say he's had a five-star match in WWE because the North American title ladder match was a five-star match, and he was in yeah. that. Well done, Dave. You just had to get that in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, can't, we can't be entirely negative. I'm just balancing <laughs> pros and cons here. Yeah, well, speaking about contracts as well, something that is being reported is Cesaro's contract is due to be running out around about WrestleMania time. How many speculations are you going to see of him possibly going to AEW? That's the first place everyone assumes someone's uh, going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't want all of WWE's cast off immediately if somebody comes up. Like Cody Rhodes, I think, tried to stop all these rumours at the start of AEW by going, not everyone that gets released from WWE is going to come here and every time somebody's contract comes up, that stupid gift 
I'm going to I'm I'm sure he'd had a good, few good matches in WCW light, uh, sorry AEW. Um, but nah, he's he's staying in WWE. I think you know the the recent push and the the wins over Brian and Ziggler. I think that's to maybe get him to sign a new contract, and I think that he'll he'll still be there after WrestleMania. I've like it looks after the Royal Rumble, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan's going to be a match. I think Nakamura, Cesaro is going to be a match they're going to have as well because I think something WWE's tried to do, certainly in NXT, is that you know they, they I think they've they started to notice that especially with the greatest match ever tagline that they did at Backlash last year, the the most talked about matches and the critically acclaimed matches aren't on WWE TV. It tends to be more New Japan and then in recent months, AEW. Mm. So I think they're going to try to load their card with certain matches that are going to get the the wrestling purist excited. And I think Cesaro could be in for a match with Nakamura this year. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just hope because like he's... He's always been one that we've wanted to sort of see that push, especially in the main event picture Mm -hmm. and being a a world heavyweight champion because... Let's just face it; he's one of the most underutilized talents that WWE have. But Agreed. Dave, I know you. I know you've got some comments on this. Yeah, I, I've said before. I, why Cesaro isn't a world champion by now in WWE is beyond me. Like the guy's got so much potential to be a, a leading figure. And if I was to play devil's advocate and say if he were to go to another company, I actually potentially think he could be the the face of Impact Wrestling as the TA, as the Impact World Champion. Like I think that versus Miss. Okay. <laughs> yes. Claude, we can have Claudio versus Moose for the Claudio. TNA World Heavyweight uh, Championship. Yeah. Oh my God! What's Claudio Castaglioli doing in the uh, in the Impact Zone? <laughs> well, but see, that was actually that... one that I was going to say is that if he was going to go anywhere after WWE, it would probably be Impact. But the reason I think he might be staying with WWE is because he is heavily featured on Up Up Down Down, which even though it's run by Xavier Woods, it's WWE sort of oversees it a bit, make sure that it's. You know, it's doing the advertising and stuff and that these guys are all... Because, it's again, it comes back to the third-party streaming services and stuff. And I think WWE's got a, something in place which allows Up, Up, Down, Down to sort of sort of run independently, but not quite. And Cesaro has a big role on that show as part of, you know, they do Uno videos every week with Departy. He's part of the Left, Right, Left, Right faction, along with Adam Cole, Tyler Breeze, and a few others. I, and, he, and they're selling a lot of merch on Up, Up, Down, Down as well. And I imagine he's going to get a fair bit of commission for it. So if he was to throw all that away, along with his, you know, his his competing like wrestler salary, I think that'd be a pretty dumb move. But I reckon if he's not going to get pushed towards a world title or at least a singles, a prominent singles run, it might just be enough that he get they may want out the door. I, I don't think I think the big thing about this, if you only remember, is that just because his contract is coming out doesn't mean necessarily he, he's leaving. It is worth talking about now, given that the story is out there. Is like, you know, it's difference between like two years ago when John Moxley said, I'm not re signing after my contract expires. So everyone was talking about, is this a work? Is it not? Whereas this is a case of like he could always pre sign because even though he hasn't got the opportunities that some people think he should, I think Derry still will want to keep him like as part of their, because they know how good of an athlete he is. You know, there's always that, that sort of video gets shared around every now and then of that big hot taggy hitting a triple threat match with the Good Brothers and the New Day against the bar mm. back in like 2016. And 
I really think uh, they missed an opportunity not to put him as part of NXT and NXT UK after that great match with Dragunov in Cardiff. He's really helped. As I said, you know, talking about building dream matches, building up, like, take over Black will do. If you take Joe Coffey, if it's Cesaro in against Walter, there's a must-see mm-hmm. event. That's, that's how you get eyes on NXT UK. But I'd like to speculate that maybe he'd go to return to Ring of Honor or go to Japan if he left. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, a good like tenure in Ring of Honor, mostly as a tag wrestler, but maybe he could try and prove a point as a singles guy because he was booked as a lot as a tag guy in WWE, even though he's very talented as a tag wrestler. And Chris Hero, I spoke about in Central One Three. I think he's waiting for the Indies to probably start back up before he reappears. I don't think he wants to sign a, a contract. If mm-hmm. like if they two, if he leaves and becomes Claudio again, because I think that's his real name, and then mm-hmm. yeah, potential on the Indies of a reuniting of Chris Hero and Claudio, the Kings of Wrestling. They oh, can just rush out over the indie scene, become one of the hottest tag teams mm. like, once again, because they're especially for those who remember them originally. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine if them, them versus the Good Brothers? Mm. There's plenty of teams I'd like to see them against. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that reminds me, guys. Um, Scott, Dave, we've still to do our uh, Kings of the Ring tournament. Yep, our tag team Kings of the Ring tournament. We've been putting it off right. for about a year and a half. I know. Yeah, I've got my Tom Waller. I should really get it started up again. Yes, let's do it. Um, it we, get, we need to get the we need to get we need to get the goat back on as well. Yep, yep. We'll need to get that off sorted. So uh, hopefully that'll happen soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that we did notice, like we we're not going to say too much about it because we don't really know what's going to be happening. But um, Drew McIntyre's written a book. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's, he's written a book he's got an autobiography that'll be coming out um, I'm pretty sure it's like April time mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure yep. it's coming out mm-hmm. um, I like how you said we don't really know what's going to be happening he wrote an autobiography it's probably going to be about him <gasps> no way <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, I didn't think that was that was one that had to be broken down there but book club is in session it's probably going to be you never know you never know I mean he's, he's... McIntyre released a spy novel <laughs> I mean, he's selling signed copies for about 16 quid as well. I mean, 16 yep. quid for uh, an autographed book by Drew. I mean, I think it's every Scottish wrestling fan's dream right there. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it'll, be, it'll be nice. Like I said, there's not really much that we could talk about. He's written a book about himself. And it'll be fun to see because I, I like reading these kinds of things. I mean, this is why uh, Jericho's books are so popular especially with me, mm. because his books are actually, I love his books. Um, well, I th- well, I think the emphatic point about Drew's book is that he's, he's also put on the cover. Uh, it's obviously his WWE.com picture with a WWE title, and it's, mm-hmm. what's it called? My Path to Destiny, or My Destiny's Path or something. something along I thought lines. it was just called My Story. <laughs> no, it's like... <laughs> Uh, the chose, chosen destiny or something uh, yeah. but, but in the top right it says first British WWE champion and I think that's mm-hmm. the emphatic statement that he wants to get out there like this is I'm the first British WWE champion this is how I got there yeah and screw you no one can take that away from me um, <laughs> yeah. like, sorry Wade Barrett <laughs> uh, poor Wade but... he's one I wish I saw on the Royal Rumble actually oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, well, um, bad news for you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Scott got me. Oh, my God. What's happening to the world? But like, if you watch Drew's like, W24 documentary that came out uh, earlier, like, late 2020, like, he hinted to some stuff, uh, some personal issues he went through upon his release from WWE, because a lot of people know about the journey he went on and how he took over the indies, but he ended up some things I don't think a lot of people are really that privy to. 
and I think you'll probably go more detail into some of those things. So, like the idea of following somebody's like highs and lows, and the fact that we know how each story like ends at the moment, mm-hmm. and um, now being the second WWE champion, probably going to be in what headline headline one of the nights of WrestleMania. When you read when you read the beginning here about the bad times, you can kind of feel good in the noise that eventually he finds a way through it. And it can probably be quite inspiring, I think, if anybody goes through similar issues uh, that he did, the idea of like losing your job and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also the fact that you can relive those moments as well. Like if you're reading something, like there's been so many moments in Jericho's books that I'm just like, I remember that, and mm-hmm. it takes you back as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, that's I'm pretty sure Grant found the the link at W H Smith, was it? So. Pre order yes. for like sixteen. Uh, Pre order for sixteen pounds. So and you get a signed copy, yeah. I signed copy like twenty second of April. If anyone wants to get me one, my birthday's two days later. There you go. No, you're not. <laughs> Someone can get me a birthday present. <laughs> I'm turning thirty this year. Get me something nice. Ah, that's a milestone birthday. I think it's got to be done. <laughs> um, but Who's we do. Buy it then? <laughs> <laughs> Someone buy me the book. <laughs> um, no. So tell Dan to get it for you. <laughs> Dan. Dad, Dad. <laughs> nice wee callback to um, me trying to remember what our Pokemon's evolutionary stage was. But we do have one final talking point this week. It was one of the biggest speculations of what's going to happen because Mr. J. White decided to troll us all for the entire month of January by saying at New Year's Dash just after Wrestle Kingdom this year, so the 6th of January, that he was going home for a while and that we didn't know when we were going to see him again. Clearly, speculation is going to happen. This is what happened with AJ. He just sort of left uh, and came to WWE. The Bucks left, Kenny left, and obviously that's when AEW all started. And we thought, could he have could he have signed with WWE? WWE have been after him for so goddamn long and, you know, clearly, duh. And then... He trolls everyone and returns to New Japan Wrestling after the Royal Rumble has happened, Scott. Mm-hmm. It's a Jay White thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's exactly what you expected him to do without knowing Which he was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was pretty interesting because like, it was smart the way he did it because I believe people figured that it would be end of January like, just before the Rumble if his contract was to come up. And they... 31st of January was the Rumble, and literally they had a show in Kroger all the 1st of February, and that's mm. when he returned. So people thought, oh, why didn't he show up in the Rumble? And then, boop, there he is back in Japan. <laughs> so that explains everything. Going but like, who cost him a spot in the G1 final, beat him at New Year's Dash, and now he's coming for revenge. The gorillas are going after the six man belts. Yep. Uh, me and Grant also be talking a lot about this, and they've come on, uh, on East Meets West because Grant was very happy, obviously, to see that Jay White didn't go to WWE. And, yeah. Apparently, it's true that he did make a big play for him, but yeah. apparently he is contracted for a, a few more years. Yeah, I heard Japan. until 2025, is what mm-hmm. I heard. Like, a lot of people sometimes sign like year long contract and then renew them the following year, but he's yeah. in it for the long haul. So, clearly, at some point, maybe by next Wrestle Kingdom, he'll, he'll win uh, the, the heavyweight title. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. I mean, he was already headlining one of the nights, and how old is he again? He's 28. 28. 28. 28 and headlining Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, Japan made that boy, especially like when you look back to uh, stuff with Naito and everything when there was like a young lion. So it was, I think Grant was probably like the happiest member of this panel to see <laughs> that he hadn't actually went to WWE. Yeah. 
We were teasing um, that he would he would either show up in the Rumble or he would probably go to NXT. Now I wouldn't have minded if he went to NXT because I think that sort of style suits him a lot better. And because he's not as well a known face as say AJ Styles or Shinsuke Nakamura, it's I think having getting his fan base in NXT, you know, where they're the diehard fans are going to be, the folk that will recognize him, and then they're the ones that will hype him up to Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I, I think if. In hindsight, I think it's probably best that he didn't end up going because I think maybe there was too much uh-huh. risk. There was too much risk about him. We need the switchblade. We need him. We <laughs> yep, need yep. the switchblade. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's. He's better staying in New Japan. In hindsight, I mean, he's the leader of Bullet Club, so yeah. As soon as he came back as well, he, he quickly pulled fun at Young Bucks and your brothers and K Omega teasing like their own version of the Bullet Club, mm-hmm. saying this is where the real version of Bullet Club is and. If he stays to 25 and then decides to go to WWE and like he's still got plenty of time to do NXT for a bit, then go to the main roster. Oh yeah. When he, if he leaves in 25, he'd be like 31. And like you got legends like GDP and Batista who didn't start even wrestling, training to the wrestle until they were in the 30s. And yeah, Drew, I think was like 31, 32 when he got re-signed by WWE. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think he's older than he actually is, forgetting how young he was. Yeah, he he's started because Drew's 35 now, so he would have been. Yeah. yeah, you're right, 31 when he re-signed with NXT. Could you yeah, imagine, so. right? We were talking about this before we went and started recording that every single winner is older than what WrestleMania actually is. Imagine if Jay White had just came in and went, fuck you all, I'm going to be younger than what WrestleMania <laughs> is when I win it. Yeah. I think, I think Seth, Rollins is, uh, Seth Rollins and Roman, I think, have done that. Yeah. And they've won the title of Mania and been younger than the event. That's right, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, I think Seth Rollins is younger than Drew, though, so that makes him still the youngest no, no, I'm just saying they've done it. I, I, I don't know who the youngest is. Um, like, no, the person who's won, uh, the, the person that's won WrestleMania that's younger than me in itself is still Rollins. So I think Drew's only a couple of years after. Um, you said about obviously Jay White trolling, and he told the fans he was going home. I think that's the thing with wrestling. Like sometimes we we want to make a scandal out of everything. Maybe he just went home. Yeah, he went back to New Zealand. Yeah, I, I know when I tell my work, I'm going home. It's not a ploy that uh, I'm, you know, pitting Asda and Tesco against each other to get a better contract. No, I'm going home. <laughs> Probably going to have my lunch and fall asleep on the couch. Um, yeah, there's nothing. I think he maybe just went home because he's away for about, what, five weeks? Not even so, that. Not even that. So, you know, maybe like two or three weeks he was away. Maybe he went home, you know, New Zealand... Uh, is pretty COVID free. I, I believe there's a week's quarantine. That could be wrong there. So maybe he went home, had a week, came back, quarantined, tested. Japan, you know, maybe he just went home. Yep. Yeah, no, we we don't we don't know. But when it comes to Jay Wing's character, you never know what the hell he's going to be doing. So I would I would love to like speculate more. But he came back and we're like, right, that clears everything up in a Jay White style. Mm-hmm. So. But that has been like the past week of wrestling. Like there has been other things, um, but it's been dominated by the Royal Rumble. It's been a very, very WWE week, um, which rightly so. It was one of the big four pay-per-views. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. Same point. Not again. <laughs> oh, come on, we started it. We might as well end with it. <laughs> Points to sign. <laughs> I hope everybody has pointed to the sign as well, but I want to thank my panel for this week's Central Soul, Scott McLeod and 44 Kane. Thank you. 
again. Dave, thank you for joining us this week. Thanking you, Sarah. And Ross, I think your dog wants attention, so thank you very much. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my pizza's here, so I'm going to say bye-bye, bye. <laughs> and obviously, I have been Sarah. I am very happy that Christian is back. And it's been a very, very good week for us in wrestling. So make sure that you tune in. Make sure you subscribe. All good podcasting sites, Spotify, iTunes, Android. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet. And we will see you later. Bye. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in the show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown. Sports Social Podcast Network.